0: You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program, where faith, family, and culture all collide with the biblical worldview. There is a war that's raging for the hearts and the minds and the spirits of men and women. And you and I, as Christians, are on the forefront of that battle. The question is, what will you do? To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. I am so, so excited that you're here with me today. My name is Caleb. I'm your host. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, we sit down and have a conversation about the idea of humility, what it looks like to have a humble voice. Man, I firmly believe that having a humble voice carries so much further than having an arrogant or prideful or a boastful voice. So what I do is I sit down with my friends and we have a conversation about humility and what it looks like to have a gospel-centered view of humility and what it looks like to enter God's presence and how we should should be entering God's presence. So I pray that this conversation encourages you this week. Welcome to the Northfield Nation. Gentlemen, how are y'all doing? Excellent. Good. Good, good. Um, okay, so I want you guys to introduce yourselves. I know who you are, but I want the radio audience to to
1: get to know who you guys are. So, Thomas, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm Thomas Lauer. I'm the pastor at Calvary Chapel Bartlesville, and um, we're participating in the Humility event coming up. I'm Tim?
2: Tim Kilpatrick. I'm an elder at Calvary Chapel Bartlesville, also participating in the Humility event uh, this weekend.
0: Awesome. So... Let's have a, let's start fun. Your favorite cup of coffee at Outpost Coffee, what's your favorite? I
2: think the Appaloosa. You're that's like the, right the third to... person that's
0: told me that the Appaloosa is like yeah, their favorite.
2: The, either that or the Falls Trail Brew. I can't remember which one it, was, it is that I really like. Those are both pretty excellent.
0: If you walk in there, seriously, if you walk in there and just say, I need a Caleb, they can make it right there
1: on the spot. I'll give it a shot. It's
2: I'm going to try that one. It's I'm a
0: mocha. I'm a mocha guy or or a black coffee guy, so it's a mixture of uh, it's a vanilla mocha. So it's got chocolate and vanilla. So yeah, it's pretty good. I'll it's, take Christmas, it. It. it's Christmas yeah. in a cup. So <laughs> just always I like to I like to know what people drink. So it's fun. All right, so let's talk about um, the the event that's coming up. We Well, Thomas, you you approached me about this. And what what was it that made you decide to um,
1: do this? I think, um, well, it was the Lord. um, But the unction really was sparked from the Pride event coming to Bartlesville, um, which had been here already once um, in some capacity or another. And it seemed uh, necessary that the church understand how to respond properly because one of the issues that we fall into in the church is um, we'll, we'll bite our time, and people do this just in general, maybe it's, a, it's just a, a reaction of, of human beings, um, and they'll bite their tongue until they don't anymore. Right. <laughs> and oftentimes that comes out as a reaction rather than a thoughtful response. And I think the church is in great danger of entering into a place of reaction rather than biblical gospel response. So the opportunity is to really set the tone of that response. How do we bring the gospel into the pride movement as it exists in the United States, which everyone has sensed a palpable change in that movement in the course of a year uh, the number of companies that have joined it the number of political campaigns that have joined it um, it's um, it's becoming very mainstream and so the church needs to understand how do we how do we react how do we respond with the gospel in the midst of that so that's what the humility event is about um, is formulating a proper response from the church, at the same time, delivering a truthful and loving and honest presentation of the gospel to those who are involved in the pride movement. Okay, so I, I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate, just because I want to, and I,
0: it's my radio. And it's your chef. show. It's my show. I, can, I have. I can do what I want. Thank you. Um, why do you hate gay people? <laughs> that is a because that's very... that's the question that like that that I, that people have said to me. Yeah. Why why? Why is it that you guys are doing this, rea- having this yeah. reactionary event? Because they're seeing it as folks are seeing it as a reactionary event. Right. And why why is it that you hate them so much?
1: Right. And that's a common response. And part of that is a narrative of our culture, which is that if you don't endorse something, therefore you hate the person or that entity. Uh, so we've lost the ability to have civil dialogue from differing perspectives. Um, that's unique in the world actually, mm. because the rest of the world has civil dialogue, uh, on a regular basis about all kinds of different cultural things in their societies. Americans have lost that. So we've become highly offensive and highly mm-hmm. offended. Yeah. And love is not easily offended. So we're not offended when they say, why do you hate gays? Uh, we just want to be able to explain that we love enough to share what is truth. And the Bible is very clear, John 17, 17, uh, Jesus says, Sanctify them by your word, your word is truth. And God has set out a boundary uh, by which his creation is to operate within the midst of. And all of us transgress that boundary, uh, and Christ is calling us back into that boundary set. One, because it's harmful, it can be harmful to ourselves, it's deleterious. It can also be destructive to a society in general, such as losing the ability to have civil dialogue mm-hmm. um, if every time you sit down to talk you have to punch it out that's a problem or if you have to dehumanize one another uh, by calling each other Nazis or uh, you know going to whatever worst thing you can possibly think of yeah.
0: um, and, and there and there are people on both sides of this argument mm-hmm. there are people that are in. The church world that are calling people names, and that right. you know they go out and they hold they they hold the signs, and they you know, and and this is and and this is where, if you in the world in which we live, if you as a Christian say that I believe homosexuality is a sin, you're labeled the Westboro Baptist Church. Right. It's a rea- and that is a reaction mm-hmm. of people, um, which and, and let me true. just let me just preface this. I'm not the Westboro Baptist Church. In fact, what they do is I, I denounce what those folks do. I they mean, yeah. they're they they are not doing it with the, with the approach of love. They're not doing it with the approach of, hey, let's have a civil dialogue. They just want to ha- be a sounding piece to yell and scream
1: and act like a fool. Right. Hmm. And that, that, to me, is, is deeply offensive. Right. And I think it plays into that same cultural narrative. So for them, they've actually bought, they've actually bit into it hook, line, and sinker. So they've lost the ability to have civil dialogue Mm -hmm. and they're doing now the same thing that others have done. So humility is about standing up and raising the church up and saying, let's have civil discourse on this issue and let's have a rational dialogue and let's present the gospel for what it is, which is an opportunity for all people uh, to know Christ, to humble themselves and come into a relationship with Christ who is the transformative God. And so he can transform us from whatever it is we've exalted ourselves into yeah. into the person that he is.
0: So the idea of humility, what, when, you, when you hear the word humility, what, what is it that we, Tim, I'll switch to you for a second. The idea of humility, what, what do you think of?
2: I think of um, Jesus Christ, the creator of all the heavens and all the earth, coming down in the form of a man to share the truth with his creation, and only to have that creation nail him to a cross. And for him to have all power and all ability and all right to stand against that, but to, out of love, make an ultimate sacrifice to lay his life down so that those who believe in him can have eternal life.
0: Okay. And I, that you're right on the money. Um, to have to be humble I mean another word that i I would use from a biblical perspective is meek uh, mm, teachable yes. pliable somebody that's willing to learn and that that is something that the progressive left says that they 're a champion of mm. they say they're a champion of these things, but their actions prove quite to the, to the contrary i don't know man it, this, this there's this huge Thing in my mind, where I, I want to be able to have a, a conversation, I want to have. How do you think that we can achieve those things? I mean, in, like realistically, how does that? How well, does that? What does that look like?
1: That may be less up to us than we imagine. So part of it is we do our part to have a proper response. What? What do we believe about sexuality? What do we believe about? Uh, Gender. What what is our ontological perspective from Scripture? And so once we have an understanding of these things, and and Dr. Piper, who's speaking uh, at the event, has really done a phenomenal job of laying down some of these, we'll call them doctrines, really, of what we believe about identity uh, from a perspective of creation. Once we understand that and we know what the truth speaks about it, then we could have a civil dialogue with anybody else who is willing to come to, and sit down with us. Uh, a Christian should never um, should never react to somebody who disagrees in a way that's disagreeable.
0: Right, and we should never have these. I mean, we should never have these reactions where we yell and because I mean, we, we I don't want to be a talking head on CNN right. where we're yelling and screaming at one another an opinion. Yeah. Because at that point, no one's listening.
2: Well, and right? I think we've forgotten to consider uh, that all creatures are made in the image of God, and by all creatures I mean all men, all women, sure. all yeah. humankind is all made in, indelibly stamped with the image of God, and if we keep that at the forefront of our conversation, then that love for God, through God, flows out of that conversation, and, and we're not doing that when we're yelling, when we're screaming, when we're coming about it in a disagreeable way, we're forgetting the the human on the other side of the conversation, and we're just trying to convince or win an argument yeah, rather right. than trying to speak truth in love so that they can come to an understanding of who this God is and exactly what he has done for them and what it is he wants from them in return. And ultimately, that's, that's a, the place that I'm coming from in a conversation, is to help them find eternal life by knowing yep. Jesus Christ. Yep, And you can't do that. Through hate or through anger no. or through uh, venomosity,
0: it's yeah. absolutely 100. Um so I want us to be up just real up front. This event that we're putting together is not going to be an event that's yelling and screaming and and being mean or hateful mm-hmm. towards any people whatsoever.
1: Amen. Like the goal
0: is the gospel. Amen. Yes, the goal is to preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, okay. and that is. It. And I'm going to, I'll be upfront. This is, I firmly believe with everything in my personage that Jesus, the gospel, is the only way. Praise God. Is the only way to transform any man, woman, boy, or girl's heart. Amen. Yep. I-, I can't get on a political action committee to turn anything around. I can't, I mean, I can't yeah. do any of those things,
1: yeah. right? That's well, right. I mean, moralism won't, moralism won't, won't do that. I mean, moralism can constrain people to, to a concept, but it can't change the heart. Only God can do that through grace.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I Um, think when we try to to consider that it can, um, that when we think our clever speeches, that our our wise words and, and worldly philosophies are going to actually change someone's heart, Uh, we're forgetting uh, who is actually in control of the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, Hebrews 4 says that the the Word of God is living and active. Mm. It says that it can pierce through to the hearts and the minds of men, to the motives and intents of those thoughts and those reasons. It speaks to people at the most intimate of intimate levels in a place that I could never begin to even speak to. And so I, I would just love to see all Christians and pastors believing in the power of the spoken word of God and not being afraid to share that in love yeah. because there is a mislabeling of, uh, of people hating gays. And I want to answer that question directly. None of us hate gays. Absolutely. We would have to hate ourselves because there is no difference between a gay person and me or anybody Absolutely else. Absolutely.
0: And, and here's the thing that I want to, I think is interesting because what we do, we're quick to jump on the tr- on the bandwagon to, uh, as the church and say, "Oh, well, yeah, homosexuality, big time sin." But you know what? The thing that really opened the Pandora's box—I'll go with this—was is was heterosexuality mm-hmm. that was just rampant. Just hey, I'm just shacking up. Yeah, I'm just ha- hanging out and hooking up. Like that was, in my opinion, that's where the the, mm-hmm. the, the gate started. The the church didn't combat that. Well, we combated it, but it was like a fear-mongering thing. Yeah. Where it was, you know, oh, you don't want to get, you know, as Matt Chandler's little funny thing, you don't, you don't want to get syphilis, do you? And so, you know, you don't want to walk around with herpes on your lips. So, hey, you know, you know, go to these pure excitement it. Remember the, or uh, pure, uh, what were they called? They are called uh, True Love Weights. Oh, true. Yeah, True Love Weights. And those things were absolutely, you know, it was just like, you know, made it to a high schooler and a junior higher that you know sex was this evil thing and it was just like oh you you don't want to do that and then you know, like you so you get people that and then they explain like wait this isn't evil it's oh wait a minute
2: sex is actually it's pretty awesome
0: yeah and
2: it's part of do- god's it, created order and pattern for mm-hmm. proper human living what right. do you know
0: it's a gift from the it's lord within the boundary. it's within, it's the within boundary. if as long as it's within the boundary it is a gift from the lord yeah. mm-hmm. that is amazing and then, what does the enemy love to do? Any type of good gift
1: that God gives us, what does the enemy love to do? He wants to pervert it. Corrupt it. And corrupt it. He and, it. wants to corrupt it. And he blurs the line. Mm. Uh, you know, the clear boundary that's set in Scripture, um, it can be viewed from a crisp lens through the Word. But the enemy takes and distorts that so yeah. that we become confused about, well, where is the boundary on this? Mm-hmm. Um you know and you you brought it up exactly that you know as far as the gravity of sin goes adultery falls within the same gravity in the old testament as homosexuality absolutely absolutely yeah Um, so these things fall in into similar form together and so the concept isn't isn't about that's why it's not uh uh, it's called humility Mm -hmm. because Everyone needs to be humble. Everyone needs to humble themselves before this God, both both Christian and non.
0: And there's going to come a day that that, regardless of where you stand, you will bow a knee and correct. you will say that Jesus Christ Absolutely. is Lord. There, I mean, there's yeah. not going to be. It doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, or Muslim, or, or, or Jehovah's Witness, or not it, it doesn't matter. Right. Everybody, mm-hmm. and it's either either you're going to be doing this with excitement and just like, yes, I've been waiting for this moment, or it's going to be like, oh. Oh, it's going to be a forced, but everybody's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um uh, this is this is one of those things that I want us at, because the scripture tells us that God gives grace to the humble. To the humble. Like think about that idea that God like it's in the word and this is once again those things that I see in the world in which we live. The world shuns what God's word says. God's word says that I'm going to give you grace if you're humble, mm-hmm. but if you're proud, I'm gonna block you. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be blocked. And I'm just like, and wait a second. That's that's very declarative and it's very straightforward. There's no. I wonder what he meant there. Like there's no. <laughs> like nobody's thinking sitting there going, hmm. It's I very don't, true. I and don't know what
1: this means. And we have the pride is on the rise. This is like I said. This is a cultural narrative because it's afflicting. It doesn't matter the political party it doesn't matter um you know the religious um stance there is pride affecting uh, all over the place mm-hmm. we have a group uh in my home state some guys some i know who are running around called the proud boys <laughs> and you know they are on the opposite side of antifa and they're trying to push their perspective yeah um but just like you said <laughs> If you're proud, God has to humble you. And uh, now we have a, a, a hetero parade coming up, a pride parade in Boston. Okay, it's a straight well, uh, parade.
0: it's a, it's a straight parade, right? And, and see, this is the reactionary thing because here's, a here's issue, the thing that I, I'm going to go ahead and say this: I don't need to have a parade to tell you who I sleep with. <laughs> Like, right. I think
1: that is absolutely insane. It's the overt sexualization of a society and a culture, and it creates, it, it causes sexuality to become the center point of identity. So that, I, so that what they're pushing is on either side is I find my identity in what I do, what I eat, uh, where I go, those type of things, instead of what the scripture tells us to find our identity in Christ. In Him, I am complete. Right.
0: Yeah. So. Travis, I saw Travis just walked in. Travis, you grabbed your Bible and you had that open. I want. I'm well, I just
3: I just turned to that passage. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Um, you know, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. First Peter five five. So I just turning to that exact reference that you were you were quoting.
0: Given some context there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, I wanted to chime in on the conversation as well because one of the questions that that we are considering is. If the gospel is the focus and the gospel should be and needs to be the focus of this whole conversation, um, th- that's the mission of the church. The mission of the church is Absolutely. to take the gospel out. Um, and so why have an event like this? Well, there's there's another issue that comes along with this. And that issue kind of forms the ground rules for even our allowance to to engage in discourse and to engage in the conversation. And that is religious freedom, mm. because these ideologies that stand against the gospel can't bear up under the weight of their own logic, under the weight of their own talking points. Yeah. The way that they win and the way that they um, create momentum in their movement is to simply be louder mm. and to shut down the opposition. So part of, part of what's needed is simply an ability to have the conversation without having it shut down before you get to the very legitimate reasons for why the gospel answers those needs and answers those questions and so um, it seems that and this is one of the ways we also identify the work of the enemy when the work of the enemy doesn't make sense mm-hmm. i should say when the work of move- movement doesn't make sense you can begin to see the enemy's fingerprints in it because it doesn't make sense that this movement won't accept simply the fact that that people in our society accept what they're doing. They don't just accept that, they want to make everybody celebrate what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so there's no allowance <coughs> for the conversation. Right. There's a shutting down of the conversation. Yep. And so part of the reason that I think this event is so needed is to to bring in that part of the conversation. So the example here in Bartlesville, and I know you probably have an audience all over, but but here in Bartlesville, the credit union that is the popular mainstay and serves most of our community here, is sponsoring this event. And from my perspective, that is this movement forcing members of that credit union, <laughs> among whom I am currently one, to support um, this the pride event mm. and a pride event can't be an event without a celebration of what they get identity from which what they get identity from is, as we've identified is sin it's against god's plan for our lives and so that's that's another reason we have to have this event is simply to remind people this this these things are answered they're answerable but we need to have a conversation in order to answer, answer sure. it and it exposes a little bit of the strategy <clears throat> And I believe it's ultimately a strategy of our spiritual enemy, Satan, uh, to shut down the conversation and to control the narrative through volume and rhetoric rather than uh, logic and, and biblical reasoning. And,
1: and I, think it, I think it really, just to capitalize on what you're saying, this harkens back to the same issue that was uh, central in the pride movement's origin, which was um, legislative moralism. So what they denounce, they also practice. Yes. They are practicing legislative moralism to moralize legislatively these things which a majority of faith religions in the world have a conscionable objection to. They are not permitted to participate. And I'm not just talking about Christians. Christians, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists. Are all prevented from participating materially in uh, these types of activities, and so um, w- what they do so by codifying why, why do you?
0: Why do you? Just, just, add, just so we have the devil's advocate on this. Like, yeah. Why, why? Well,
1: because the city has produced a proclamation, okay. and so when you begin to submit proclamations from a city signed by city councilors, signed by mayors, signed by uh, legislators, uh, certain states have codified. Um, you know, these, uh, uh, the LGBT act, uh, identity into uh, employment issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they've looked at, uh, at putting them into the Civil Rights uh, Act, which would force everyone uh, to comply. And so it does, it removes the dialogue from mm-hmm. it to say, okay, here's here's a different position on this, and here's why we don't want to engage in moralism in legislative moralism because that tips one way or the other so they so perhaps it benefits them today in the lgbt movement to have that codified in legislative moralism what about 50 years from now if that tide swings again do they want to be on the opposite end of that i suggest that all of us uh consider the reality that we don't want the government forcing everyone what they should believe (laughs)
3: Sure. No, the government doesn't <laughs> or, the, the government or, or,
1: doesn't need to be involved in marriage
0: whatsoever. Period. And, and that that's yeah. Yeah. I think that the, the that if you the moment you institute the government or put the inst, the institution of government into marriage is the moment that it 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 will be destroyed. Right. Which maybe that's already passed. Yeah, we may be at that point where it's it's too late
1: for that, but I mean, right. I well, if you remember, I mean the, 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 the cry of the LGBT movement early on was stay out of our bedroom. And now the cry of Christians is please keep your bedroom out of my house, you know, or out of my life. In other words, I don't you don't want moralism imposed in your bedroom, but we also don't want your bedroom imposed. Yeah, we don't I don't care else. So it so part of it is just having this dialoguing and having other people come to the table and go, Okay, let's have a rational conversation about this we can have that that political conversation um you know also but i think more importantly from our perspective is we want to have a conversation about why we believe what we believe
3: yeah
1: and um, you know peter tells us to have a defense for the hope that is in you yeah. um, and that's part of what laura perry and stephen black bring to this event yeah. is they have experienced this transformation from being transgender from being homosexual and finding a new identity in Christ and releasing yeah. that previous identity in sexuality and that's powerful to be able to realize that um, this is not um, you know that concept of conversion therapy of locking people in cages <laughs> which I think is which I think is crazy to which is not, I think that's like crazy that. yeah. I mean I never even I don't know if the, I assume that the stories that are told of those are, are accurate. I don't know anybody personally I, who's experienced such things I don't as either, that. so, yeah. Um, so I take it a little bit with a grain of salt and just express that, you know, our, our understanding of transformation of Scripture is simply that God can transform. It doesn't involve men uh, coaching or coursing <laughs> or training people to not be, um, you know, to have a particular identity, it's to see Christ transform them and change them.
3: Yeah, amen. Well, and that really gets back to the central message of the event. the The event is a celebration of God's transformative power through the gospel, and that's what we need to focus on. Yeah. And I, I didn't mean to necessarily derail only into a conversation about <laughs> the political nature of the of the uh, the issue, but I think it has to. It almost always has to accompany. Sure. It helps us identify how to combat the enemy. <clears throat> Scripture tells us that we need to be, uh, we need to recognize and be knowledgeable of the enemy's yeah. tactics, and uh, and recognize that this is ultimately a spiritual warfare battle as well.
0: Yeah. And we have to do war. We have to make war on sin, yeah. and that that is that's the the goal. I'm not trying to say oh, we make war on homosexuality. We make that would be like saying, hey, we need to make war on lying, or we need to make yeah. it, it's. Don't pick, I'm not picking out a particular sin, I'm saying we need to make war on sin in itself. Because mm-hmm. here's the deal I have a sinful heart, just like everybody else in the room, and I have a sinful bent and I have a desire to sin, and I have to wage war on that. And it's it's it comes down to I love Jesus more than I love my sin,
2: yeah,
0: and that's that's what this looks like. And if we're not loving Jesus more than we're loving our sin, then we need to genuinely look at our salvation. Hmm. We genuinely need to say, okay, am I actually saved? If I'm, if I'm just rushing headlong, which this is the thing about the, the homosexual movement, is it just, it's just rushing headlong, you know, damn the torpedoes, let's just go full force yeah. and running headlong into this sin. We don't, we don't see anybody running headlong into adultery. We we keep that shh, don't right. want don't tell anybody about this. You know, yeah. Don't rush headlong into viewing porn. We're like, man, we keep that that's quiet. we clear our browsers. We don't want anybody to know what's going on. It's quiet. This this is a we're broadcasting. I
2: don't care who knows. I want everybody to know. Like, well, that's the nature of pride. It sets itself up in exaltation against God. Uh, just like Satan, uh, in his original fall, uh, fell from from heaven. Uh, it says in Isaiah 14, uh, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High.
0: Yeah.
2: And that is the nature of pride, to exalt yourself above god and that is brings like travis just once said once again brings us back to the reason for this response in the humility event the the nature of the pride movement uh, it expands beyond the bounds of just sexual identity into all of those things that we choose to identify about ourselves as exalting before god and it doesn't matter what that is about yourself it's if it's prideful and exalted above god then it needs to be humbled so that it can find its way into the presence of God and experience the transformative power of His Holy Spirit. That's one of the things I love about this event is that we have uh, Laura Perry, we have Stephen Black coming and sharing their experience of the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives to take out the heart of stone and replace it with a soft heart. And to have the Holy Spirit poured out on them and for God to cause them to walk in his ways.
0: I had Laura on the show uh, a couple months ago. Yeah. And she shared her testimony on the radio show. And it literally, like, that's, that was the word she used. I had a heart of stone. Mm-hmm. And, and God mm-hmm. transformed me from having the desire to want to be a boy mm-hmm. into thanking God, having a thankful heart that I was born a woman.
2: Amen. That's why it's so important for us to respond properly to this uh, pride movement. It's so important for the leaders of the church to stand up and give a biblical response, uh, not only to be obedient to the word of God, but so that the flock and the congregation have a right understanding of how to respond themselves. So people who are confused or dealing with these issues are exposed to the truth and to the possibility of another way, a greater way. Uh, that's in, been designed and created for them.
3: Yep, I have a I have a question that might illustrate another strength of this event. What do you think the pride movement wants us to picture anytime there's a response to one of their events? They want us to picture an angry mob hanging, holding signs, <laughs> and uh, they want us to have Westboro Baptist Church in yep. our minds yep. anytime there's any event or response to one of their celebrations. That's another reason we need to have this event. We need to show the world that's not the only response.
0: We're we're not angry. We're not ticked off. We're not going to be holding signs and (laughs) chanting, you know, that God hates people. We're not going to do that. In fact, quite the opposite. We're going to be chanting that God loves people, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish,
2: but have everlasting life. That. We're not going to be holding signs and handing out insults. We're going to be uh, holding bottles of water and handing out hugs.
0: Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I love hugs. I'm a big hugger. Well, okay, so the event is going to be July, Saturday, July 13th, Sooner Park um, in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., correct? Yes. So we've got on the speak ro- speaker roster, we've got um, Dr. Everett Piper is going to be there, Stephen Black, Laura Perry, Thomas, you're sharing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Tim, you're sharing, correct? I'll be praying you'll be praying okay Travis praying yeah. I' praying? Um, I'm sharing a, a small message and it's gospel driven that's that's my 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 plan is Jesus 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 all yeah. the way Amen. Um, and, and I want you guys to know that it doesn't matter what you've done God's grace is bigger than any one sin yeah because if if God's grace wasn't big enough to cover the, the the sin of pride then guess what pride comes in, in in a lot of different forms i can have a prideful spirit about you know look at me i've got a radio show ha <laughs> ha i've got this arrogant you know pride is pride is pride yeah. and the scripture says pride comes before a fall
2: amen yeah
0: and if you if you've got a prideful arrogant disobedient heart that just means you're sinful
2: yeah.
0: and that you need christ just like yeah. me yeah. And and here's Amen. the beautiful thing. First John one nine tells us if you confess your sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all A double L. Yeah. All sins. So it doesn't matter what it is. Jesus
1: is willing to forgive. He is willing, ready, and able. So Amen. Um Yes sir. I think there's an inter- I think there's an important aspect to this as well internally. We're talking about the outreach aspect. This is also an inreach. Um, humility event is about reach. it's about reaching christians and specifically pastors and elders those who are in charge and oversee congregations to um, awaken them yeah um, it has been comfortable to remain quiet uh, it gets you uh, you know you just slide through life if you can slide through quietly and we all of us our desire is to live at peace Obviously. well nobody wants to fight everybody in this in we the, don't. <laughs> and the scripture tells
0: us if if at all possible live at peace with men
1: yes but there
0: are part. times to make war there are times to wage war and if sin is crouching at the door which yeah. I'm going to
1: be honest sin is crouching at the door of the church
2: yes,
3: yes.
1: and it <laughs> some of the mighty have fallen already yep. and we have we're seeing this uh, if you're not you know uh, discerning and you haven't been paying attention, Um, You've seen some of them crash and burn theologically. Uh, They may still seem to have a ministry, and their churches are still going, but theologically they've departed from the rest of us. Uh, And I say that because they've departed from Scripture on the issue of sexuality and identity. And so if you're going to throw in on those issues, you've lost the, the battle because you've become what Jesus condemned, which is a Pharisee who shuts up Heaven yeah. yeah and it, and this is the problem is some of the church, by being quiet is saying you don't need the gospel.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't need transformation, you don't need repentance, you're okay. and there can't be anything worse. I, I don't think anything more heinous to Jesus Christ than someone who who has his name on their lips but causes others to depart from him, who, who, who won't be allowed to enter in. And, and there
0: and, and in Matthew he's there's there's a in Matthew 7 there's this person that comes into the presence of God and says "Lord Lord hmm. I I did all these beautiful things in your name" and, and even inside the pride movement there is a growing I can be a Christian and be right. a practicing homosexual right that would I mean that's that's not okay
1: right that's like saying I can be a Christian and I can Walk in adultery. Yeah, I, I
0: can. Yeah. <laughs> I can live. I can live with a bitter, angry heart constantly, yeah. and I can still be a Christian. Well, right. no, you can't. You can't be bitter and angry and hateful
1: and unforgiving and still be a Christian. Right? Could you it, be a Christian racist? It, no, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> but we understand this, and so it's so it's important. This in reach is us, and this group here has done a tremendous job reaching out to these churches and inviting them um, to even in what I think is a very soft tone and a soft step forward come out from their shell and stand with us in unity on truth um, in grace and I can't think of a better way to do that than this humility event this is their time to, to be declarative with us and say this is what we believe and we're doing this humbly and we're doing this graciously and lovingly absolutely um, but this will be a demarcation in the body of Christ, it, certainly in, in Bartlesville, uh, it's going to be apparent who wants to participate and who doesn't. Sure. If this carries on year by year, it will become more and more apparent, um, who is standing on one side and who's on the other. Yeah. And I hope to see something like this spread throughout the country where there's a clearer demarcation for everyone.
0: And the ultimate hope in all of this is that men and women find reconciliation. Yep. yep. That, that's the hope. That's, uh, I I, note for, I can speak for all yes, you know, all of us that are sitting in this room right now, all four of us that are sitting in this room right now, the goal is not a "ha, ha I told you so. that's not it. The right. goal is, I want to see you reconciled. I want to see you rescued by the yeah. power of the gospel." That is the goal. Yes. period. And here's the deal. There may be somebody that shows up at this event who is not really on there they're, they're, just, they're just there, and they hear the gospel and they may be straight they may be you know whatever i don't care whatever yeah. they may be a, it doesn't matter they may hear the gospel and as a result of hearing the gospel they become part of god's family
3: yes. and
0: that's the goal is that we preach the gospel as scripture yes. says in timothy in season and out of
1: season yes and that the church is not be afraid to preach the gospel mm, come on to this subculture within our society um, if we're willing to preach the gospel to anyone, then we should be willing to preach the gospel to everyone. Everyone. And so, um, churches have got to stand up. And this is, like I said, this is just a—we've been humble even with the churches. Um, We've—we're—we're we're doing our very best to display humility to everyone. We're displaying it to the believers and to those who oppose and everything else. I'm just saying, let's all let's all come together, church. And this is your opportunity. If you've been silent on it, let's no longer be silent. Let's be gracious and loving, but let's let's speak the truth, and um, and we want to be able to send folks. Uh, the tremendous opportunity is a unity within the church uh, that's come out of this. There's yeah. four churches represented just, or three churches represented just amongst the four of us here,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and that's a powerful thing. And sure. So to have that opportunity to send folks to various different churches around Bartlesville and say, here is where well, there's all these churches who are in unity preaching the same thing, that there's reconciliation in Jesus Christ. That's the goal. We are together on the gospel. Amen. That is is the
0: hope. Amen. So, okay, so here's what I want you to do. If you could, um, I want you, if you could, would you uh, pray for us? Yes. Yeah. I'd love to do that.
1: Thank you. Merciful God, thank you for this opportunity that we have. Lord, we don't take it lightly that you've laid this on our hearts to reach out to our community. The Lord, we're, we're being obedient to your word and mm-hmm. humbling ourselves before you. Yes, Lord, we know that any man who exalts himself, you have to humble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyone who comes in humbly, you will exalt them. And that's what your word says in Matthew twenty-three, twelve. The Lord, our desire is for those who don't know you to be reconciled to you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And Lord, our desire is for the church to be in unity on this issue that There is forgiveness, there is reconciliation, and that, Lord, you do love. For God so loved the world, Mm. he gave his one and only son. And, Lord, that we would stand on this. God, we pray for an opportunity to reach anyone who doesn't know you. And, Lord, to have your spirit present at this event. Lord, that it would be known that we love. God, we thank you for everything that you've done, the gift you've given through your son and the precious blood that's purchased us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: All right, guys, go get them this week. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of the Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.